Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers with another cool and insightful how-to episode. Today, we're going to talk about proof in your uh, sales material. Like, how do you get people to really believe what you're telling them? Uh, it seems like a simple concept, but wow, people screw this up all the time. They either totally forget to add proof that they often have, <laughs> or they don't use it effectively. And so it either feels like bragging or it feels like, you know, unbelievable, even when it, it's totally genuine. So really proud to bring on my special guest today, April Dykeman. Hey, April. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for joining me today. And uh, this has been a hot topic inside a copy chief and on the blog, because you wrote this awesome article called uh, Where's the Proof? Well, that's the uh, that's the graphic, and it's why your prospects think you're full of it. Yes, <laughs> I love that love that title. And so uh, we're going to get into this subject, and uh, you've got some you know great advice for uh, using proof more effectively, and also some great. Um, I know you have a uh, a download, a special report where you mm -hmm. help people request. Uh, testimonials in a, in a much more effective way from their, from their best customers. Yes. Yeah. And that'll include the exact script that you can just copy, paste, you know, tweak for your business and then hit send. Awesome. Yeah. Super cool. It's such an important thing that it happens all the time. We know that somebody's really thrilled with our product or service and you know, we ask them and then they, they go silent, right? <laughs> and it's because they feel all this pressure to, oh, now I have to become a writer, you know. Right. So you're going to solve that for everybody, which is great. But first, I want to just uh, get to know, uh, introduce you to the audience a little better and you know, help everybody get to know you because you're, you're really on fire right now uh, in your copywriting career. Uh, you're also, you know, a contributor to a lot of, uh, you know, authority sites out there in the business. So just give us like the, the little thumbnail resume, April. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my formal training is actually in magazine journalism or feature writing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so from there I did a lot of content writing in the personal finance space. Um, and then that led to a transition into copywriting, which, to me was amazing because it combines this love of writing with, you know, getting results and metrics and numbers, which is really nerdy and totally up my alley. Um, so, so at this point, what I focus on now is helping health and wellness entrepreneurs sell more of their products. In addition, I also do a little bit of feature writing because I kind of can't help myself. And so I've written for um, like Huffington Post, Forbes.com, Inc. Magazine, those kinds of, of publications. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's a good, you find that's helpful to come from a journalism background into copywriting? I do because um, one of the things that they beat into you with feature writing is finding a hook, finding that interesting twist that's going to grab people's attention and pull them into the story and keep them reading. Um, and then there's also, you know, an emphasis on facts and proof, which is, you know, the subject of, of uh, today's interview. Right. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's a, I think I know a few writers who come from journalism and, uh, it's, it's super helpful. I think it obviously teaches you to deliver on a deadline. The things you said, some of the structures is a little similar, obviously 
grabbing and holding attention. But then I think the the X factor is salesmanship, right? Right. You really have to sort of embrace what it is to sell, what it is to compel, what it is to persuade. And you've done that really well. And it's showing in how popular you are now in your <laughs> in your career. Mm-hmm. You're sought after uh, freelance copywriter. You're in your uh, I don't know if there's an official uh, way to judge this, but I would say uh, an expert in Ryan Levesque's, you know, ask method in the survey funnel method. You're, you're part of his mastermind. Right. Yes. Yeah. I've done a couple of, of his survey funnel formulas. That's great. I think that's great positioning alone right there. That's super valuable because so many people are using those now, seeing the power of them. What do you love about that, about, uh, about the survey funnel? Um, I love how not only do you segment your audience, but you speak to them differently. So each segment isn't going to receive the same things. And while, you know, that's a fairly well-known concept, the survey funnel formula takes it to that next level. You keep talking to them as individuals. And um, it's so much more powerful because from the copywriting standpoint, any copywriter who's tried to write for an entire audience, the same exact message, um, knows how your message gets watered down when you're trying to write for everybody. So I really like the power behind not only segmenting, but keeping them segmented throughout this entire process that he lays out. Yeah. Yeah. It must, it's really fun to customize those messages too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even like the intros to the VSLs are customized, Mm. uh, which I think, you know, as, as a, as a customer, or a client who is viewing that, that's pretty cool to have a VSL and it feels like they're talking directly to you and they're talking about your problem. Right. And VSL, most people would know is video sales letter, but just in case uh, people right, are new, right. new to the industry. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, I wonder how much you could continue segmenting, right? Like how granular ultimately, you know, could you get based on people's behaviors or or is there like a second level survey? Like once people have identified their certain avatar, is it ever get more granular from that? It can get pretty granular. Um, I've heard of people having, they're called buckets in Ryan's mm-hmm. formula. I've heard of people having as many as like nine, 10 buckets or as few as like three or four. Mm-hmm. So um, how granular it gets kind of depends on the, the product. Right. Yeah, like how many different people could find different uses for it, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, it really has revolutionized how we market in, in, in all kinds of good ways because uh, we hear forever in copywriting, you know, write like you're talking to your best friend or one person or, or one person you know would need this this product. But even then, you know, that's why we're converting like 1% is a really good conversion rate, right? Right. What if, what if we're only that far from reaching three or four or 5% uh, if we have the ability to speak more directly to them based on what we know? And I think that's, that's why Ryan's stuff is so successful. It's what he's out to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. if you say right to one person, but you have different kinds of people in your audience, well, which, which one are you going to pick, you know? Yeah. 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 Really cool. I, you know, took a few college courses when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And so I was 
didn't do anything crazy like to actually, you know, commit and go after a degree. <laughs> but you're allowed to take a certain amount of credits before you have to choose a major and like become an official student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so two of the I basically took journalism courses because I knew I wanted to write, just had no idea how I could ever make money doing that. But right. I, took, I took a feature writing course. And so I'm curious, who, who, do you have a favorite feature piece that you, you know, that you studied or you look to as you know, just a work of art? I think the most influential thing that I read in my feature writing class was probably Stephen King's On Writing. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, that, that's just a game changer. And mm-hmm. I recommend that to anybody that wants to um, either improve their writing or just, I mean, he's a fantastic storyteller, obviously. And the first part of the book is about his journey as a writer. Mm-hmm. And being Stephen King, it's captivating. And then the second part of the book gets into more how he writes his first drafts, how he edits and what his process is. So that one's huge. And then the other one that I really liked that I still have is a collection of the Pulitzer Prize winning feature feature articles. Mm. And that one was really helpful as well because, I mean, it's just the best, the best of the best stories of the year right. um, all compiled into one book. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I tell you, you know what I love about the Stephen King book? It, it's... It, it's a it's better than my other f- favorite, which is William Zinser's uh, mm. "How to Write Well." Is that what it's called? Yeah, on writing well. On writing well. Thank you. Right. And uh, it, I, I found the principles were really in line, but it's Stephen King, right? And like you say, he's telling <laughs> these amazing stories. I remember he talks about having that railroad spike above his desk with all his rejection letters <laughs> and it got so full that he couldn't fit any more on there. Yes. That level of dedication. And it's the first time I think I heard or read him talk about when he got hit by the, the van right on the side of the road. And that was gripping. Right. Uh, yeah. High argument. And how kingdom hospital came out of that. Oh, yeah. Which was, yeah. And I don't, I actually, I, I'm a fan of his work. I can't say that I, I it's not really my genre. I don't mm-hmm. read a ton of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recommend this book anyway. Even if you, even if it's not your kind of genre of writing, I still recommend on writing. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, you ever read Gay Talese? Had a great piece called Frank Sinatra Has a Cold. No, I've not read that. Yeah, check that one out. All it's, right. It's one of my favorite features. It's all about Frank Sinatra, but I just love that title. Frank Sinatra has a cold. And it's, can you imagine, think, think about, right, if you're Frank Sinatra, you cannot afford to have a cold, right? And he's so angry that he has a cold and he's just, you know, browbeating everyone around him. So he's like awesome. <laughs> extra hot-headed Frank Sinatra that day that he followed him around. So <laughs> cool. Well, um, so, you know, I wanted to talk quickly about, I thought this would be interesting you know, sort of gender in, in this business. I don't want to say it's a mm-hmm. boys club, really. It kind of is though, right? I mean, it is. Yeah. Direct response, mm-hmm. copyright. There's a lot of, there's a lot of testosterone. You know, one of the, my goals with copy chief was to just have a kinder, gentler forum. <laughs> and it's not that we're right. all like, you know, you know, putzing around in there, you know, praising everything. I mean, we're honest with each other. But it just seemed like there were so many places online and Facebook groups where everybody was gunning for each other. And it, it, it didn't feel safe to post something for review or, or feedback, right? And it's right. a lot of testosterone out there. So how do you 
How does that make you feel or how do you approach that as, as, a, as a woman in this industry? Um, well, I'll be honest. When I started out and I, I was seeing a lot of um, like in Facebook and other groups, there are these, you know, supposedly awesome copywriters and they call themselves six figure, seven figure copywriters, which honestly, I still don't even know what that means. Like, is that, <laughs> is that, is that how that much we... money they're making? Right. Is that how much money they made for someone else? I, I'm not sure. Um, but I was really intimidated by that because I thought, wow, these people are amazing. And if I'm not doing six figure launches right now, then, you know, I sh- shouldn't even be taking on clients. You know, what am I doing? And I actually read an article recently about this that talked about how uh, women more than men tend to internalize and are more likely to fall prey to the to the imposter syndrome, mm. which for me was very true. Um, so for a long time, I was just kind of doing my thing, still feeling like I'm kind of an imposter here. Someone's going to find me out. I'm I'm clearly not as amazing as these guys. Um, but the more that I started taking on clients, the more I started hearing some of the backstories. Um, so some of these awesome copywriters uh, who didn't deliver on time during a launch mm-hmm. or said things like, I'm a creative, you can't put me on a deadline. Oh, man. And yeah, and so the more I started hearing that, the more I started thinking, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe this isn't true, this whole, you know, these personas that people are putting up on Facebook and um, in other places. And so I think that that was, that was really eye opening and incredibly helpful. Yeah. So you could start to see that, well, first of all, not everybody's what they say they are, right? Exactly. And did you also start to notice that, oh, wait, if I can hit a deadline. So if, <laughs> if that's a problem, that that's one advantage I have right there. Right. I, um, I remember one of my clients mentioning that we were talking about, she's very good at marketing. And so we were talking about positioning and she says, I know what you should position yourself as. And I was like, okay, what? And she was like, you do what you say you're going to do on time. And I was like, that's not even a, who, like, that's not a thing. <laughs> like, she's like, no, trust me. <laughs> yeah, it is. So yeah, it was, it was really just through um, working with clients, learning more about the industry and hearing things like that, that it started to open my eyes a little bit more. Very cool. And so do you, I think you're very much yourself, so you, you don't feel like you've had to create some persona of tough chick or something, right? I mean, you know, is it is it an advantage to to be, you know, you, but you don't also don't work in primarily, you, you don't not looking just to work with you know, female clients or anything like that. It's you, you take what comes, and you can like any copywriter pride yourself on finding voice and adapting to the market and all those things. Yeah, right. Yeah, I um. I had that suggested to me by by a coach to kind of come up with this persona and call myself the copy queen. Mm. Honestly, I'm just not capable of it. I don't know why. There's just something about creating a persona that that isn't genuine yeah. that I just can't do it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I would be, you know, making 10 times more money if I did it. I don't know. It's so <laughs> like, funny. Who knows? <laughs> you, that's essentially the same reason I, I quit stand-up comedy it was that – that was the trend. Like everybody had to have a hook, right? Mm-hmm. And so guys would, you know, one day you knew him as 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 like Joe, and you saw him again a few weeks later at, at some gig, and he was like, you know, Joe Billy Bob, <laughs> and he had like a giant belt buckle and a, and a big hat, you know, and he's like cracking a whip, you know, and you're going, what is what happened to you? It's like, oh man, you know, making all this money, <laughs> you know, I'm, I branded myself, you know. 
right. I'm like, that is such bullshit. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And I was like, there's just no way I can do that. So, yeah, I think it, it works for like the Stephen Colbert's of the world, you know, coming up with this persona. But, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you just keep doing what you're doing, which is kicking ass for clients in, you know, delivering on time and delivering great stuff. And I honestly think that's all any any of us need to build a reputation. Uh, so cool. Well, it's, and also specializing a little bit. <laughs> and you, uh, we talked about your specialist in the survey funnel. And, you know, then just, you're also a great teacher and you're, you know, teaching us how to market better, uh, you know, with this article here about proof. So let's talk about now proof and ways that people kind of miss the boat on it and ways that they, little tweaks they can make that are going to quickly improve their conversions, their believability, you know, which is really the foundation of, of a relationship, especially in the, in the digital world where all mm -hmm. anybody really has of you is pixels, whether it's video or, or whatever. So let's start okay. talking about the, the yeah, right test. What is that and, and how do we perform it on ourselves in our, in our copy? Yeah, so the yeah, right test is if you take a paragraph or a line of copy or a bullet point, um, you read it out loud and you think to yourself, you know, what would a prospect be saying? Would they be saying, yeah, right, how do I know that any of that's true? Why should I believe you? How do I know that studies really prove this? How do I know that you really have this experience? And so if you haven't proved that anywhere in your copy, then it doesn't pass the yeah, right test. So that's just saying something and, you know, expecting it to be believed without any evidence. Right, mm -hmm. right. And a lot of times it's that, you know, I, I, I think most people, I like to believe most people are, are honest and they're selling good products and they really do have, you know, the studies and the science behind it. But you forget that your prospects don't know that, that maybe it's in your head. You read that study somewhere. Right. You have the evidence, but you forget that they haven't, they don't have that knowledge that's in your head. Yeah, it's a great point. You know, something we've um, started doing when we create uh, video sales letters is uh, we'll uh, add the footnotes of the studies, like links to the studies, right? And we'll, right. And we'll say, you'll notice these little numbers appear occasionally when we reference facts. And mm -hmm. that's so you know that we're not citing anything that only we believe that everything we're telling you is based on, you know, a study. And you can find those studies at the bottom of the page. And yeah. um, it feels. Can I ask you do you, yeah. do you do that so that it doesn't interrupt the flow of copy? Is that why you. I think we, we do it, 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 it. It's one of those things we do in spite of the fact that it, it interrupts the flow, right? And so it, is a, it can be a little clunky, but we think it's clunky in a good way because it makes people go, oh, wow. They're, they want to make sure I know that they're telling the truth. And they're telling me exactly how to go verify it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it, the other cool thing about it, I think the unintended value of it is that it makes people pay attention a little harder to looking for those instances, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're stating a fact that they add the, <laughs> the, the footnote, you know? Right. And so, um, yeah, I think if, you're, if you are honest, and because let's face it, there's a lot of crap out there. And so if you're working with a copywriter who's only, you know, who's really bringing uh, hard evidence to what they're writing about your product, 
uh, you should you should show that and and let people know that because most people aren't going to do it right. Like mm-hmm. most people wouldn't even notice that those footnotes are at the bottom to to be clicked and verified. So right. uh, yeah, so we go out of our way to to do it, even though it's like the first time we did it, we were like, ah, this is it feels like we're breaking the fourth wall almost in a sense, mm-hmm. but it turned out to be a good thing. Yeah. I also like that your footnotes would all appear at the bottom. So it would just be like study, research, clinical trial, you know, like it's a, they're all in one big pile where people can see all this proof. Right. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing about it is that if you do it, like, you know, you can't turn it into a pitch either. Right. Like it shouldn't be another sales letter. It should like really just be the boring old study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So cool. All right. So that brings us to to another like huge principle. And I think we hear this all the time and people maybe don't know exactly what do they mean by that when we, when we say show, don't tell. Right. Yeah. And so when you show and you don't tell, I mean, it's, it's kind of confusing um, if somebody isn't familiar with it because you think, well, don't I have to tell? Like, I mean, we're talking about copy. We're talking about video sales letters. I mean, to an extent, of course you're telling, but the idea is that when you use proof, you actually show them that what you're saying is true. You're not just telling them it's true. So if you use a phrase like studies have shown, experts say, in my experience, uh, this gets results. Like all you're doing is telling them, like I'm telling you that this awesome product is going to work for you. It's going, you're going to lose weight. You're going to feel better, whatever it is, but I haven't shown you. And so showing is where the proof elements come in. Right. So it's, you know, just a really simple example would be a before and after photo, somebody who lost a lot of weight, right? Or, or, or got fit. Right. That like, would be visual proof. Yeah. Like rather than just saying it works, <laughs> it really works, you know, and just having people have, it's amazing how often you see this, right? You know, just really a, a sumptuous copywriting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Another one I've, I've, I've seen recently, um, I think I referenced this in the blog post, is I learned from the best. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then there was, and in the rest of the sales letter, there was no information. Well, who did she learn from? And it turns out she learned from some really amazing people. She had these great coaches. She had, um, she was a doctor. So, I mean, there was, you know, medical school. Oh, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stuff wasn't, that wasn't being highlighted in her sales copy. And so again, a hundred, hundred percent honest. Her product was fantastic, but when you just say, "I learned from the best," people think, you know, yeah, right, okay. Who? Who'd you learn from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another thing I think that people get caught up on is when they did create a great product and they're proud of it. They just think, well, any skepticism will be resolved when they get into the product and see how amazing it is. But you're not going to get that chance if you right. don't give the proof. They're never going to get into the product, right? So Right. I think a lot of people want the product to speak for itself, which I can kind of understand. I mean, it always feels a little bit icky to try and sell yourself. And like mm. with this doctor, um, she had these great credentials. They were buried at the bottom of her sales page. And I think she just wanted it to be about her program and her solution, which is understandable. Um, but when you look at it from the point of view of the prospect, you have to overcome a lot of skepticism. Um, you need for them to know who you are and why, you know, why you created this, why it's going to work and why they should trust you. 
Absolutely. And I want to just commend you on your, your art skills as well. And <laughs> on display in the blog post. My father would be so proud. He's actually an artist. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Very yeah. Compelling. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the article we're, we're talking about here is at copychief.com. Uh, you click on the blog, uh, and it's called, uh, you'll see a big uh, graphic that says, Where's the Proof? And the title of the article is Why Your Prospects Think You're Full of It. And I'm talking with April Dykeman, who is a freelance copywriter. And uh, we're talking about proof and how to make sure that it's in your copy on all levels. Because people are really skeptical with good reason these days. And so, as April was just saying, what may feel like over the top, almost like bragging or, you know, um, not, we always hear this, you know, make it about you, not a, uh, make it about them, not about you, but... You, when it comes to proof, you needs to be in there. You need to talk about your credentials and you need to talk, show the proof of, you know, the results that your product or service or whatever it is gets for people. So cool, April, this has been great to wrap up. Let's talk about the three ways that people can remove doubt and then insert more proof into their copy. Yeah. So the first thing that I always suggest is being specific. Um, so in the example we talked about before where, you know, that person said, I learned from the best being specific means telling us exactly who you learned from. Um, if you say you're going to lose weight, you know, quickly, how much weight can they expect to lose? How quickly? Um, one hint is that anything you can attach a number to a dollar amount, a time frame, pounds for weight loss is going to be a lot more believable. Mm-hmm. Great. So specificity. You know, we even t- talk about using specific numbers, right? Like don't round off the numbers. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. What's number two? Um, another one is to let your testimonials and case studies do the talking for you. So um, instead of saying this really works, it's proven, it's gotten results, or in addition to saying that, actually back that up with the proof and, and have your, your customers speak on your behalf. And this is really great if you are... If you don't want to, you know, come off like you're bragging or promote yourself too much, then this is, you know, even better for you because you're just going to let everybody else talk for you. And then photos or any kind of visual proof that makes sense to accompany those testimonials and case studies, be sure to include that. Mm -hmm. What about, you know, you talked about working in health and, and wellness. Sometimes privacy is an issue. Yeah, so you definitely need to get permission um, before you use any kind of photos. Make sure that they're okay. Get the get that in writing. That they the photo release in writing. Yeah, sometimes I always say, you know, I want the most information I can get about the testimonial giver, like you know, first and last name, maybe even town they live in, or you know, any other credentials or something. But there are times when privacy is an issue, and I think people recognize that if you're talking about, I don't know, like, you know, a hemorrhoid relief, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and you just use first, first name, last initial, uh, it's a little more understandable, right? So, yeah. you know, don't, don't not use a testimonial in, you know, deference to protecting someone's privacy. If they're okay sharing and would still like to maintain a little bit of privacy, just first name, last initial works fine. Right. And I would also say, even if you do have a, a product that might be embarrassing or that people may not want to admit to, you know, you, you don't have to use their name, as you mentioned. 
Um, I would just ask because I've had clients who say, well, you know, nobody wants to admit that they're using this product and they go to their, you know, a handful of, of customers who they know are really happy. And it turns out those customers were actually glad to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just using their last initial was perfectly fine and they were happy to write a testimonial. So I would say don't, don't necessarily assume that people don't want to give you a testimonial. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay, cool. And what's the third, third way we can be more the, effective? The third thing is to read, read your copy, ideally out loud, and from your prospect's perspective. Hmm. So, you know, we hear a lot in, in online marketing, copywriting, that you should have a customer avatar. So have that avatar in mind. Like, who is this customer? Where are they coming from? Is this a mom? She's 35 years old. She's got two kids. She's you know, got this really busy, hectic career, and she just can't lose weight. Um, I even heard of taking this a step further and actually creating a name mm-hmm. and a backstory and even a photo. I mean, just a photo of some random person who kind of fits the description. And you could even put that on your desk as you're reading your copy and make sure that that is going to speak to that person and that it's going to be believable to that person. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's that's great. That, and that's such an important tip for any copy is like, first of all, really identify with who you're writing to. We, we talked about that at the top a little bit, you know, and there, there's more and more cool ways to really understand who your customer avatar is and even interact with them. But, uh, you know, write if it's, you know, you can barring that you can write your own and come up with this story and kind of fall in love with this person or really grow to care about them. And I love the idea of using a photo, like just someone that you see the picture and go, oh, that's, that's her. That's Janet. (laughs) (laughs) There you are, Janet. Uh, And, uh, and then reading it out loud. So especially these days where just about any, you know, certainly long form piece of copy is going to become a video. Uh, You need to make sure that it flows and sounds sincere and and believable. Sometimes the way we, we get into this zone of writing and we forget that it, you know, it, it may people are going to experience it as spoken word in a sense as they read it and they hear it in their head. Right. And yeah, I've noticed that people people write very differently from the way that they speak. So sometimes I see a lot of you know very complex run on sentences, and if they would just read those out loud and stumble over them, mm-hmm. um, then they they would be able to spot that very easily and shorten those and tighten the copy up. Um, and that makes it more readable for everybody else as well. Yeah. And you got a ton of comments here on the on the post. So good for you. It's really popular. It's really helpful for people. I uh, hope invite everybody to come check it out. It's at copychief.com. The title of the, the article is Why Your Prospects Think You're Full of It. It's by April Dykeman. She's going to help you make your all your copy, all your all your messaging much more believable. Ways to use proof. I'm sure you're probably going through a lot of your own stuff. I know even I did at times, April, as you were talking about this. It's just that particularly when you said, let other people tell it for you. I have a bad habit of not sharing the results that people are able to get through Copy Chief as much as I should, right? Yeah. I think that's true of every, you know, it, it seems like every founder entrepreneur has a hard time, you know, writing their about page. Yeah. Showing people their testimonials. So yeah, that's why 
that's why it helps to have these conversations or even to have your copywriter do it for you. Because I find it hard to brag about myself, but if, if I have a client, I'm like, no, no, we're going <laughs> right. to show people how awesome you are. <laughs> right. That's part of it. Right. That's how you know you're, you have a good client and it, that's how a client knows they have a good copywriter is that you share that kind of energy, right? It's right. like you have a new best friend, a new cheerleader in your business. Uh, that's, that's how it should, that's how it should feel for both parties. Cool. April, um, everybody can find you at copysprout.com. That yes. is your, that is your main site. And it, this is where they can get your, uh, download, uh, your special report on how to use proof better. Yeah. Yeah. And how to, um, write and ask for better testimonials. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and I, I hope we'll do it many more times. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.